right, we are here. Good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here at Taste Life Nutrition. This is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Um, and just having a super good morning. This is a good day. Um, it's, you know, it's June now, first of June here in Colorado, and it's kind of cold and rainy, which is interesting. Like, where's the, where's the sun? But we're no longer in a drought, so that's um, always a good thing. Anyway, so, Taste Life Nutrition Radio, we are about bringing truth to the best of our ability um, to you when it comes to health and wellness. How confusing is health and wellness, right? But health and wellness is, of course, physical, mental, and emotional, but it's also spiritual, it's financial, it's relational. There's so much that goes into really creating this life um, that is as, and I just like to call it living big, you know, living as big as we possibly can and, and, and trying to, trying to address and allow for the things that are getting in our way, figuring out how to get them out of our way. Again, whether, you know, whatever it is that, that you might have to, to, whatever your goals are, whatever you might have to work on, any of those things. You know, those are the things that help us to to do all that we're supposed to do in this life, which is pretty exciting stuff. I think that we're here. We all have a uh, a a job, if not multiple jobs, and and I I truly believe also that a part of that is to serve others. Um, I know that throughout my life and my career, I have been lifted, and people have served me. Um, and my, my goal is always to do the same. And so when we bring people on this show, it really is, um, I, I have a, you know, s- some sort of a relationship with them before they come on the show. And we, and I know their heart. I mean, I believe I know their heart, right? And so it is a heart of service and goodness and giving and love and wanting to continue to pull others up who might need that help. And we all do at some point, no matter what. So today we have Patricia Carr. Patricia, thank you so much for being on. I've been looking forward to this for, I don't know, months now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. Um, It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the best thing about it, right? This This is just a good, fun conversation, and we dig into... We dig in. I mean, that's what we really want. We want to dig in, and we want to reach. Um, we want to help people think outside of the conventional. The conventional is good, and it has its place certainly. But sometimes we need to look outside of the conventional. So before I go too far into this, as always, we start the show with gratitude. Uh, gratitude can change the world. I truly believe that. Um, it is a work in progress for me, and probably for a lot of people. But to 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 wake up and that's that's become my really cool habit is that is is waking up and as soon as I wake up it's thank you for all of the things that I have you know and I start to kind of list them off and sometimes I go a little bit more into dream state and then sometimes I wake back up but it's this really nice way of waking up and starting the day on a really positive note no matter where you are so what are you grateful for I am grateful for friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at this really interesting networking meeting yesterday, all women, women, business women, and the speaker talked about the power of female friendships, mm-hmm. and it just totally resonated with me. I mean, we have our relationships, and we have our families, and they're all, you know, they all bring us something, but having fabulous 
women friends that we can turn to, who can be there and support us. I think it's great. And I ended up after that event going out and having a coffee with a girlfriend, had the greatest conversation. So I am grateful for my female friends and all the things that they bring to my life. Yeah, I love that. I, I, you know, same. I have, um, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I just went to a conference and I always go, I found, you know, my, my conference buddy, right? She's a great friend of mine, but, um, she's a clinician and she is, uh, just so smart, but we love to do these conferences and after the conferences we'll go and we'll, we'll talk about the day and hash things out and think about questions that we might have and just totally nerd out about all of it. And it's so much mm -hmm. fun. This time, uh, three of us went instead of just the two of us. And it was the same thing. You know, we, we go to, to learn and to have our minds blown because this was a literally a mind blowing conference. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to have those people who are there to support and to love and to lift and to give um, and to listen, right? It's all of, all mm -hmm. of the good things. So, um, so I would say I'm grateful for that as well. Of course, um, I think right now, I, and I say this a lot just because it's this time of year, but I'm so grateful for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Actually, so where, where I am, we're having a, um, it's so hot right now they're giving out heat warnings so oh, wow going up to like 33 today which i'm in celsius so i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but like crazy hot Interesting. and dry yeah so um but it's fantastic you know winter is long and hard up here i don't know what it's like down there but uh it's long hard and cold and so yeah. it's beautiful to see the sun mm -hmm. and plants are starting to grow yes Loving that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in case you don't know, you are you're in Canada, uh, it, Toronto, Ottawa, Ottawa. So sorry. I am in the capital of Canada, which is uh, just east of Toronto, and um, yeah, it's fantastic here. It's uh, I love it up here. So we are in Ontario, which is kind of just go to New York, just go up, and you'll hit us. So there yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we, our, our winters are probably not as long because we're not as far north as you are, but they are, and, but we do get a lot of sun. It gets cold and it gets snowy, but we can still get a lot of sun, but it's just so nice. And another thing that I say a lot that I'm so grateful for is, is when I'm able to lay out in the sun, I go with just my tank top and my shorts and, you know, as much skin showing as possible. It's so important to get this skin <laughs> on our bodies. Don't be afraid of the sun. The sun is life, right? You know, we want to respect the sun. You know, so many people are so afraid of it, but the sun is life. But that warmth, it, every time it's just like this is God's hug, right? It's the, like the best feeling in the world. And, you know, it's we're finally, it's been kind of a, a little bit dreary with all this, the, the, all the rain that we've gotten, which is necessary. But it's it's just to be able to, to sit in the sun. That's how I meditate. That's how I, um, at least in part, how I pray. And it's just the best. It's the best. And so we spent full three days camping over the weekend. So we left Friday morning and got back Monday. Fantastic. And yeah. yeah, it was so, it was really remote um, and just, just beautiful. 
just beautiful. Did some great hiking. Uh, yeah, it was a really good spot. So uh, anyway, I love being outside. I love the sun and just glad that summer's here. <laughs> That's such a great stress release too. And just yeah. like, you know, kind of getting into your body and relaxing and, yeah. you know, just letting things go. It's, it's nature is such a, a great, you know, self-care kind of thing just to take care of yourself. Well, it's that and it's, I think it's a necessity. Uh, something that mm -hmm. we 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 often take for granted. One of the girls who was there, um, her family is they stay indoors a lot. This is what I learned. She, mm -hmm. This was her first time camping, and she loved it. And she said, "I'm just used to being inside a lot." I said, "All right, go camping more often. <laughs> you know, get outside as <laughs> much yeah, as you can. Just outside. get outside. Just walk in the grass. Whatever it takes." I think that that's something that a lot of us are missing is that grounding that sun, the grass, the smells, um, go hug a tree. Hugging a tree is great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Listen to the birds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. All right. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and um, just kind of jump into a little of your background, however much you want to share, but what brought you to this really cool place where you are, you're a, I love this, and I only saw it one time, but a systemic life coach. I thought that is cool, a systemic life coach. Um, I, that was the first time I saw that, and so I wrote it down. I think it's just, it's intriguing and it's interesting, and um, and it makes sense. But but you, you are different than many, if not most, so let's hear a little bit about your story and what it is that you do. My story? Um, okay, so you've opened up a can of worms there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, <laughs> my story. Um, so, and I'll have to take, so just so it all makes sense. So, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Um, my mom had been really sick when I was a baby, um, and there was just a ton and ton of dysfunction. So, I was always insecure, always struggling, and as I hit my 20s, um, I ended up in an abusive relationship and you know when I walked out of that relationship I had to ask some questions like how on earth did I get here like I really thought I was smarter than that I thought I was more together than that despite all the issues I knew I had but I still thought I was better than that and so that was my my changing point that's where I decided I really need to figure out who I am and what's going on and so I started therapy, I started reading all the books, I started doing all that stuff, um, and eventually, a number of years ago, um, I started to do a bit of coaching and, and just really learning, and um, in 2018, I stumbled into um, systems theory, family systems theory, and I started studying, and I studied for about a year and a half, and ended up now working in it because it just made such a big difference in my life. And so what that means is that family systems theory is that we're looking into the family to see kind of what is going on in the family that is actually affecting me today. So if we look at, um, you know, if you're getting stuck, if you ever feel like you are re on repeat, like the same things keep happening, like the same relationships, same issues in your relationships, same issues with your friendships coming up, um, those are often um, reasons because you are stuck. You're stuck in some sort of emotional problem, some sort of fear, something that is really, really, really internal. 
And that comes from your family. So I look back at three generations to see what kind of patterns of behavior, what kind of uh, thought patterns, what kinds of ways of coping. Is there any trauma? Um, you know, what kinds of things, um, not only, you know, like at a deeper level, what kinds of things are really happening? It's amazing how much we take on. So, you know, let's say, you know, mom is not really able to be there for you. It's more of a suck it up buttercup kind of way of raising you. So what does that say to your, your child? It says, okay, well, I need to be really self-sufficient because there's nobody here. Um, I need to present uh, a, a way to the world of, that I'm so, that I'm perfect, that I've got it all together. Um, so that's really hard because now later in life, I'm not, I haven't learned how to deal with my emotions. I haven't learned how to receive. But when, then when we look further at grandma and we realize, well, grandma's got the same thing, we start to see that there's patterns. There's patterns of holding on to things. There's, there's belief patterns. There's cultural patterns. There's religious patterns. And they can get us all stuck. And so for me personally, when I started to look back, you know, I always knew, you know, my family was an issue and how I grew up was an issue. But when I really sat back and started to look at what had happened to my mother when she was sick, how she had absolutely no support when she was sick and she was close to dying. And then what happened to my grandmother as well? And my grandma also had issues and she had no support. So we have a family history of not being supportive and you, you can't give what you don't know. So for me, learning, learning about this and really stepping into it, and it was so freeing, Nikki, because I realized that a lot of the insecurities, the unworthiness, all the issues that I was struggling with um, were actually not mine. It wasn't like there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. It was just something that, that just I was taught, and it was nothing vindictive. It was just the way it is because they just didn't know any better, and it was free because now I can let go of all of those things that are keeping me stuck, and and start to fill myself up with who am I authentically, who am I really, and working through all those emotions, those resentments, those hurts, those fears, and letting them go because I I'm no longer taking them personally because I can see that it's just it's mom's pain and it's grandma's pain and, and it's their stuff that they need to deal with. So that's how I got into family systems work and um, that's kind of how it works where we start to look and we start to see what's really triggering somebody, what's really underneath this, these ideas that I have to do it all, I have to be perfect, I can't ask for help. It's amazing how many families just, no, we keep it in the family, we don't talk about it, we don't ask for help. I should be able to handle it all. Um, and those things are very difficult, you know? It's exhausting to try and live that way all the time. And today's world where we're just having to do more and more and more all the time, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard. And I think that we, we, we all can sort of, um, Oh, there's a word. Anyway, relate to this uh, needing to be perfect, right? Um, at some point, yeah. I'm, 
hopefully there are many of those of you out there who have gotten past that. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what it, it, it it's hard because it creates um, a lot of frustration and a lot of anxiety. Right? It it can do that. It really does. So I want to before we really dig into that. There's I. I why that I love this so much, um, and I, I say this, you know, pretty regularly because I I love epigenetics. It is the most fascinating, empowering, amazing part of. I don't want to call it science because I because it's because I'm not a fan of science anymore. <laughs> of, of, of you know, it's evidence based, right? And we're still learning about it. So there's a lot about yeah. epigenetics that that we don't know and that we'll continue to learn about, and things that we think we know will change. And that's that's the beauty of science is being being open to change because things are always changing and we're always learning more, which is the beautiful thing about life, right? Is yeah. that we continue to learn when. I started when I discovered epigenetics when I was in nutrition school. You know the way I had always looked at it, um, and and really mostly still do, is today and moving forward. Um, and so we have so really quickly, if if you haven't heard this already, our epigenome are locations that that are that sit on top of our genes that are turned on and off and allow for gene expression, right? So yes. they'll turn off or turn on gene expression. And it's fascinating. The most fascinating thing about it, in my mind, is the amount of power that it gives us, but it also gives us a lot of accountability because these, the epigenome is turned on and off based on our lives, our lifestyle, right? So it's mm -hmm. food, it's movement, too much, too little, it's trauma, it's history of trauma, it's generational history of trauma, it's... Um, uh, sleep and relationships and all of these things that have an impact on our epigenome and our gene expression. And so when we look at something as simple as cardiovascular disease, right, that is, we know that that is lifestyle based. Most of our conditions are lifestyle based. Um, they're, I've heard different numbers, but it's like three to five percent of the conditions that we deal with are truly genetic. So. Lots of people will come to me in practice and they'll say, well, yeah, you know, my family had diabetes, so I'm going to have it too. Or my family had, you know, cardiovascular disease. My dad died of a heart attack, so that's going to be me. And that's not the way that it is, and it doesn't have to be. That's how disempowering is that? When I agree. we, yeah, we have been given this amazing amount of power, which means we are accountable for what we put in our mouth, for how we deal with stress and trauma. How we, um, how we, uh, uh, you know, the amount of exercise that we get, the stuff that we put on our skin, all of these things, right? There's a, there's a lot there. What I also recognize, and sort of get, getting back to the point, is we don't have, when, you know, and I said trauma, we don't always have control of the trauma that's in our lives. I think most of the time we don't, right? So that's, that is impactful. But I think it's our job when we can to learn how to deal with it. And, um, that's why we have people like Patricia who help us to learn how to deal with these things. And when Patricia is looking at epigenetics, um, and this is what I believe to be the case, correct me if I'm wrong, you are looking at it as a, in a, at, at a historical perspective, right? So seven generations past is now a large part of who I am today. And how, how difficult is it to understand what happened 
in family and in lives generations ago that make me um, react to life the way that I react to life, the way that I mm -hmm. uh, address family, the way that I am with kids. I don't have kids, but if I had kids, you know, they can play a role in how I am with my children, right? It's fascinating and it's so amazing. And so starting from there, kind of getting into, you know, you, your main work is helping women to not be, to, to stop with this whole superwoman thing, right? Yeah. 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 So with all of that, I know that was a little bit long-winded, but I think having that perspective, I think, you know, a little bit of that understanding for those who might be new, um, I think it's important. But um, I would love to hear what that means, you know, what it is that you do, and, and how do people realize, oh, I need to stop being superwoman? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think most of us know that we are superwomen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we don't realize... In today's world, we're just expected to do so much, right? And it's just expected. You know, we all have careers, and um, but still, disproportionately, women are still in charge of the kids and they're still in charge of the house. So, you know, we're still taking, we have so many hats. Many of us are now looking after our parents, our elderly parents. So, for some um, who are in that sandwich generation, we've got kids, we've got parents. We've got full careers that we're trying to, you know, do really well at. And so we've got all these things. Now, I also don't have children, but when I watch many families, it's, you know, the level of, uh, when we have children today, the level of keeping up with the Joneses and making sure my kid is in everything and that, you know, I look great and I always have the great snacks. And, you know, it's just there's so much pressure today to look right, to look like everything's easy and, and to just do it all and so I, I think because that's just the way it is many women don't realize exactly what it is that they're doing to themselves until all of a sudden it's too late mm -hmm. so many of the clients that I have that are coming in they're either in burnout or close to burnout yeah. because having to wear this mask I've heard people refer to it as a mask the mask that I present to the world um, is, is taxing, it's, it's exhausting, and there's only so long I can do it. Because when I'm a superwoman, um, all my energy is going out, and usually superwomen are last on their list. They're not taking care of their health, they're not taking time for themselves. It's considered to be selfish if I'm taking time for myself, I hear that a lot. Um, so it's really hard. So I think, again, most of us don't realize that we are superwomen. And so, but some of the signs that we're starting to maybe burn out, that maybe this is not working for us, is a number of signs, but if you're looking at just very practical signs, I'm not sleeping well, I uh, get angry quickly, I'm often irritable, um, you know, I have trouble concentrating, I'm not taking care of myself. So those are some of the kind of outward signs that start to happen that I'm, I'm, you know, I've lost control. I just know, no, no longer know where I'm going. Those are often common things that are saying, you know what, we're doing too much. We need to start healing ourselves. We need to start taking care of ourselves and letting go of what people think. And so a lot of that underneath that is not only society, you know, culture, 
um, religion, we've got media, we've got social media that all says we have to keep up with Joneses. But underneath, what's really driving that are perfectionisms, people pleasing, those types of things. And most of us, myself included, uh, no idea that I am a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So we just think, well, you know, what's the harm of being a perfectionist? Or what's the harm of, of helping people? Well, it's that line, right? So if I'm a perfectionist, um, who, which I probably don't realize that I am a perfectionist, but there's, you know, if we're striving to do our very best because it fills us up, because we feel good about it, because we want to challenge ourselves, because we feel empowered and we feel excited, and we, you know, those are all very internal things. You're, you're validating yourself internally, and that's a very good thing. The bad side, once we, you know, when does perfectionism become an issue, it's when um, it's actually fear-based. So I'm doing all these things because I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. Um, I have to have this high level because if I make a mistake, I'm a failure. There's that fear of failure is so huge. And it's what's driving us. So what that means is now I need external validation. I need other people to like what I've done, to approve what I've done in order to feel good about myself. And that's where it's becoming a problem because it's it's a lose-lose situation. If we're not learning how to take care of ourselves internally and we're relying only on external factors in order to feel good about ourselves, it, it's just never going to happen because other people's situations are all going to fail. So let's say I do make a mistake in that you know thing at work that I was going to do. All I've done is reinforce what a failure I am. And so it's a really, it's a really downward spiral and it can be exhausting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and perfectionism again is, is, there's two sides to that coin. So for perfectionism, the good side of it is because I've got a fear of failure, for some people it just, man, you can, you do really, really well. It brings you to the top of your game because you go, 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 but then it comes at a cost to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as an example, here let me give you an example. Um, I have a client who really high level uh, corporate woman doing really, really, really well. Um, she's on the verge of burnout. She can't do it anymore because um, her, her level of ex expectations for herself are just not reasonable. So she will, she loves to host, she likes to have her friends over. And, um, but everything has to be perfect. The food has to be perfect, the wine has to be perfect, everything has to be perfect, and she need, needs to make it look so that it's really easy, it's effortless, it's just who she is. But the cost, the personal cost that's taking on her with the stress is making her fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so my question is, well, what happens if the food didn't work out and you just ordered pizza? And she goes, well, then people would realize what a failure I am and they would no longer be my friends. So those are the types of fears that we're talking about. And that's, that's one side of perfectionism. The other side of perfectionism is that the fear of making a mistake is so hard that, you know, we, we struggle with procrastination. We don't put ourselves out there. Um, you know, we, we're so, so hard on ourselves. And um, our, our standards of what we should be doing um, 
are just not, they don't make sense. They're not reasonable. And so it's a downward spiral. Yeah, there's so much there. It's so interesting. You know, the thing that I see in practice, so first off, what we know is that so this, there's the downward spiral because you have stress, which creates inflammation, which creates stress, which creates inflammation, right? And then you can take it down there to, to uh, you know, dysfunction of whatever organ system. Um, and, you know, I know I see it in practice all the time. Stress really is the key factor because it's all of these things that, that go back to create more stress and more stress and more stress and really do lead to dis-ease. So, right, taking it, taking it from the mental, emotional, that always affects the physical and then vice versa, right? Um, and so we see this, and I'll give you um, uh, my own quick story that I'm only just starting to, to learn and understand. So next week, the show is going to be just me, um, and I'm going to talk about thyroid dysfunction. I think that a lot of us don't understand the thyroid, but that stress can absolutely affect the thyroid, and our numbers may look okay, but functionally, they're out of range and out of whack, and you have symptoms. And so that's what I'm starting to discover about myself, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stress pattern. I'm like, but I thought that mm -hmm. I was dealing with stress fine. Like, I don't always feel stressed. I have stuff, right? And so I think that that's a, it's an important thing to, to take into consideration if, for one, if, you know, if your labs look fine, dig in deeper, you know, find somebody who will help you dig in deeper because, um, you know, your, our typical lab ranges are, are not great. Uh, they're not optimal anyway, right? So we want to look at, at lab ranges functionally. But two, dig into what's going on with you and find somebody who can help you dig, dig into going uh, going into what's going on the mental the emotional and then you know if necessary the physical yeah yeah because um, it is all connected and um and fear is huge oh you know it's it's huge yeah mm -hmm. and there's you know it when we think about you know like uh, people pleasing or perfectionism, um, those are actually just coping skills. Those are coping skills of, of how I learned to deal when I was younger, and um, and so you know to let go. And I'll go back to that in a second. But to just let go of those fears and just say, okay, no, I, I you know I'm good, and uh, I just don't need to be perfect anymore. That doesn't work. It really doesn't work and I think that's the beauty of the work that I'm doing is you know um, we have to look deeper because if my perfectionism if my people-pleasing is 100% related to my value then I can't just let it go so you have to go deeper into into what's really causing that hurt and that pain because those are the things that need to be healed so that you can release who you think you should be and be who you really are, and then your stress levels come down, your anxiety levels come down, your wellness goes up. Um, because like you said, it, you know, stress and our fears and our emotions, if we're not dealing with them and they're negative, they gotta come out somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, you know, there's depression, there's all sorts of problems. So if we're not dealing with it, it's gonna come out physically, as you mentioned, It'll come out, um, you know, in in different in different ways with with all sorts of mental health issues. Mm 
So it's so, so important that we actually need to look at the root. So if I look at, you know, again, perfectionism, I do love perfectionism. Um, You know, so let's say when you were a child and when you were very, very young, you learned that you needed to be a good little girl because that's when you had attention. Um, So, you know, those are some of the cues that I start to go, okay, well, mom doesn't really have a lot of time for me. Dad doesn't really have a lot of time to me. You don't tend to really get get any kind of, uh, you know, feeling of love or feeling of safety is when I do something really good or I take care of somebody. Let's say life is pretty chaotic in my home. Well, if I take care of everybody, then then I get accolades. And so now um, I've learned that my job in life is to look after other people or my job in life is that I, I, I have to be perfect at, at everything because that's the only way I can be loved. That's the only way I feel my place. Um, you know, belonging is actually our number one need mm-hmm. that we need to, to survive. We need to feel like we are a sense of a family or a unit or something. We are not meant to be isolated creatures. So we need to have that sense of, of belonging. So what will I do if this is the only way I can feel like I belong in my family unit is by being perfect or doing everything for everybody else then that is the way I've learned to cope in the world. And that also is who I've become. This is who I am when I'm facing the world. So what works when I'm little no longer works when I'm older. Mm-hmm. And that's when the overwhelm comes in, where it's like now I, I just I can't maintain this facade anymore because I'm not filling myself up. I'm not taking care of my own health in all ways. So, yeah, stress. Stress yeah. is hard. Stress is hard. Stress, stress, stress is, is hard. and it's a killer. You know, it's one of those things that that is. Um, it's hard to put a finger on it. Sometimes it's hard to really understand the amount of stress you're under. I was doing some reading. Yeah. Um, yes, it was just yesterday. Um, it, you know, just you know, I love to research and to study and to learn and that kind of thing, but. As simple as I was reading, it's it's a little bit nerdy, but I was reading about the thyroid and reading about one of the hormones and even having food sensitivities, which is usually an immune dysfunction, but that is going to create stress and it's going to raise our our, our reverse T3 and so things start to, to be dysfunctional. So we don't realize even a lot of times, my point to that is the inside stress that's going on with our bodies because we don't know. We don't know we have a food sensitivity to something. We don't know that we're eating something or putting something on our skin or there's something in our environment that's affecting us, creating that internal stress, that internal dysfunction that affects, you know, again, all of these other thing parts of the body. You know, it's it's super interesting and the fact that nothing is isolated. Um, everything is connected. Everything's connected. The mental, the emotional, the physical is all connected. And then our you know, toes are connected to our ears, right? I mean, we, have to, we just have to remember that, that everything is connected and there are always downstream effects. But um, like you said, it's, it's digging for that root cause and in, in learning what it is and sometimes there are a lot of root causes and we kind of have yeah. to yeah we kind of have to then yeah. just sort of 
you've got to kind of pick and choose and start to do you know play play the puzzle game right uh, to, to yeah. address all the things yeah. that need to be addressed connect the dots absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. and you know here's the other thing too is that when you said you know not a lot of us understand you know the stress that we're under because for so many of us it's normal right yeah so if we, yeah. if we grow up in a certain mm -hmm. type of home um, and and you know, we're, we we just learn that we have to suck it up, that we have to take care of ourselves. You know how many times I hear, well, I should have been able to do that, or I should have, why should you have, said who, right? We're, everything is so normalized that we yeah. don't even realize um, that that it's the stress that we're putting on our body. And it's really, and then, you know, it comes out trauma as well you know and I, I i found this really interesting when i realized this about trauma i always thought that trauma was some big thing that that happened to you right like so no i was i never had trauma i never had some major thing happen to me but when you start to add up all the small things mm -hmm. right and it's just like a pat 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 yeah. pat pat a, a lot of smaller things over the course of a very long period of time and all of a sudden I look back and it's like, yeah, I've had a lot of trauma in my life because there was a lot of smaller hits. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of people, I just had a client just the other day where I'm like, you know, what was it like growing up? Oh, I had a wonderful childhood, blah, blah, blah. But when I go further, well, dad was actually a raging alcoholic and mom was never home mm -hmm. and um, I was left all by myself and yada, 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 yada. But it was normalized, so yeah, yeah. there wasn't even an idea that there was anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, understanding that as well mm -hmm. is really, it's really, really important in order to heal all this stuff and to move and to move forward. And just oh, the should thing really drives me crazy yeah. because we know what we need to ask for help. There's some sort of stigma about asking for help, mm -hmm. and we don't know what we don't know. We need. We need help. I, I would never be where I am today um, without the help that I've received over the years. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I do this. I want to give back. I want people to know that it doesn't have to be so hard. Mm -hmm. Once we start to connect the dots and figure out what's going on, we now are empowered and we're free and we can start living our lives for us. Um, so we need to ask for help and we, need, we are worth it. We need to put ourselves on our to-do list. Yeah, it's really true. I, I try to, um, I always try to talk to my clients about their stress levels because everybody in some form or fashion has stress levels. But to find that time to sit back and just be still, um, you know, and I tell people just start with five minutes morning and evening, just, just start. Yeah. And the hardest thing, because I've said it too, that so many people believe is I don't know how to meditate. I can't meditate. My brain doesn't turn off. My brain's not meant to turn off right um you it's always going to go and that's why it's called a practice but the amount of um biochemical change that occurs when we go from this place of stressed or you know uh, uh, sympathetic nervous system to to the calm the parasympathetic um, the the uh, what we also call it rest and digest. You know we don't we don't digest our food well if we don't if we're not calm 
and we always eat on the go and we do all these things which just mm -hmm. creates more stress and we don't then we're not breaking down our food and then we're not absorbing our nutrients and so again you have this spiral that can kind of get out of control but but taking taking that time to be still and again you, you know maybe that time is um maybe your your calm time is reading maybe it's reading the bible maybe it is going out and walking in the grass maybe it's sitting out drinking your tea or your coffee in the sun um it, you know getting that morning time sun before 10 a.m is amazing getting that afternoon sun between 10 and 2 is amazing so you know getting outside period is amazing and can really help to help to 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 bring that parasympathetic or that sympathetic dominant nervous system sort of into into normal right and can mm -hmm. change so much it can change so much so it like you said it has to be in order for us to do the things that are on our list we have to we have to be healthy right in in all yeah. of the ways possible we have it's it's important yeah. to be healthy because we've got a lot of stuff to do you know that's why i'm here we i'm do. here to do a lot of really big things and um i can't do it if i'm not if i'm not well <laughs> Well, you know, it's true when they say you got to put your oxygen mask on yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and for so many people, it's just counterintuitive, right? Like, I have to look after my kids. I have to look after my job. I have to look after my home. I have to be there for my parents. I have to do all of these things. Yeah, but if you fall apart, mm -hmm. um, you know, what good are you to anybody? Yeah. And um, so you, you need to look after yourself. You really need to make yourself a priority so that you can, you can be there for everybody. So you can be present. Mm -hmm. And the yep. thing that was most significant for me when I started to get healthy is that, so I had two young nieces whom I absolutely adored. But once I started to fill my own cup up, once I started to feel my own worth, I realized that I had more patience, that my love was deeper, that I was more interested in who they were. Um, I was more present to be with them. I think I became a much better aunt as I started to deal with my own emotional issues than I ever was before. Because before, I was so busy trying to not fall apart, like to keep the walls up and to to put that mask on and so my brain was always busy of okay what do i need to do now or what should i be doing now and and so i couldn't really be fully present and that's why i just think it's you know people don't see it from that point of view it's like i can be a better aunt a better wife a better friend a better all of a better worker the more i fill myself up. And going back to what you said earlier, Nikki, about epigenetics, the more I take care of myself, the more I'm helping future generations. Yeah. The more I, I deal with my own issues and, and deal with my stress and deal with my fears and deal with my resentments and learn how to be resourceful, um, to, to deal with all of my emotions, to let them go and, and find your own worth. God, that's such a gift that you're giving to everybody else. Even if your kids are born, you know, you don't, it's not like they haven't been born yet. You know, just every time you, you start to change you and fill yourself up, you just automatically, because now you see things differently, you're dealing with things differently, and just automatically the people around you will, 
things will, your relationships will change. Yeah. Maybe you lose people, but then maybe you didn't need to have them into the first place, right? Maybe, yeah, so, maybe they're the ones creating some of the stress. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's a necessary part of life to, to, you know, we all have to eliminate, right? And sometimes it's eliminating people, toxic people, toxic substances, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that, um, the, the awareness around what it is that is creating more stress for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Becoming aware. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that you've hit on this, but if you have make, I want to make, uh, let me know because I know we have a couple of other things to talk about or at least one other thing to talk about. Um, we do. but you know, one of the questions is, you know, how do we heal and move forward? What, so are there, are there specific things that you, I know we just talked about getting rid of the toxic relationships, but I think my thought is, are there tips or are there things that you can tell, you know, those who are watching, you know, whether it's to look out for or things that they can do? What are your, do you have other thoughts other than what we've just talked about? I do have other thoughts. I I think it needs to be, um, well, first of all, understanding the, the root is always the most important, right? Recognizing what is your stuff versus what is somebody else's stuff. And, and really learning to heal yourself. But other things, so I do a lot of um, journaling. That's something that I, I talk to my clients a lot, of, a, a lot about. Because it's a way of, A, it's a stress release, but also you wanna start to see how, what's your brain thinking? You know, would you immediately go to the dark side? Like what's happening um, with your thoughts? And see if you can start to see patterns. Um, start to be aware of perspective. Is, is this really the way that I think it is? Is it really about me? Or maybe it's not about me and I don't need to get so worked up about it. Um, you know, we have a lot of fears over things that haven't even happened yet. So, because um, we're anticipating that this is going to go bad and that's going to go bad. So if it hasn't happened yet, then we just, we don't need to worry about it. Let's just trust in ourselves more. Um, I also do things, would you, would you, um, do you support yourself as much as you do, let's say your best friend? And, um, because for a lot of us, we are so hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves the love, the grace, the empathy, the understanding, um, that we would easily in a heartbeat give to the people that we love around us. So why are we not giving ourselves that? So, you know, we've made a mistake in something or maybe we said something wrong. You know what? It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, because we know that we are, you know, we need to learn that we are great, great people. So journaling, um, exercising, I think is a really good thing to it. Just, you know, it, it makes you feel good. It gives us a stress release. Um, double, you know, really take a look is look at perspective perspective is so important be kind to yourselves mm-hmm. um so those are i think some of the tips that i often have off my head i would give the most is just become aware become self-aware of what's really going on get curious get curious about yourself date yourself sometimes i have clients date yourself yeah. um get to know what you like and what you don't like and and guilt-free just okay with hey I really love this and I want to go out and spend this time and, and do this so date yourself is a really good one too so you can get to know yourself and have a relationship with the real you um, so those are some tips that I would give I love that I love that thank you so 
That wow. leads us into, and I thought, you know, a little while ago when you were talking about, you know, how, how what we do today affects generations, you know, and that's what we do today, again, Definitely. in all of the ways, right, right physically, mentally, emotionally, literally has the ability to affect generations ahead of us. And so, um, interestingly, we have, Patricia and I have come together and uh, have been working on you know, creating just a little mini course, and it's it really is what we're we're calling it is is mind and body tips for increasing to increase your chances of getting pregnant. Fertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's a little bit wordy, but 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 the goal is you know with both of us you know she's the 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 mindset the mental and the emotional and I'm you know more of the physical stuff. But what is it that we can do? When, when we are in that place, whether it's, it's, you know, if it's you, if it's a family member, if it's a friend, um, if it's, you know, it's, this is for men and, wow, that's a lie. It's mostly for women, but this is going to be. <laughs> the partners, the partners yeah. can come. Yeah, partners can come, yeah. <laughs> So we know that we do speak, you know, with this stuff, we, we're speaking mostly to women, but um, it is just as important to have healthy men, healthy healthy sperm, healthy motility, right? Healthy sex drive. All of these yeah. things are important for, for all of us. Uh, and, and understanding the things that can can inhibit uh, and, and can create problems. And addressing, sorry, I just got really long-winded on this, Patricia. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Um, but but addressing those things that you may or may not know can be creating a problem with with getting pregnant. So whether you're just thinking about it, whether you're actually in the process, if you're struggling, if you're going through uh, some you know fertility treatments, I think that this is something that can be beneficial for anyone. So um, I would love for you to talk about you know where where like the things that are that are most important for you as far as your role in this this mini course because you know we always think well do we like we always think about diet but i don't know if that's true but we don't always think about how mindset can impact our fertility no yeah we don't think about it at all and i'll use myself as an example so i met my husband later in life so i'll let you t tell you my story uh, I met my husband later in life. I was already in my 40s, and we knew very quickly that we were going to be together. Neither of us had been married before. Neither of us had had children, and we wanted children. So um, we started fertility fairly quickly. So I was, what, 42, I guess, when I started my fertility journey. And I knew immediately that I had to do things for my body. Like, I had to do this, 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 and this, and this. So a naturopath and just really got on the whole fertility thing and making sure that my body was okay but not once did I think about my emotional state mm -hmm. not once did I think about what my mind was and um, as I went along on the journey and mostly afterwards realizing how how difficult it is uh, like first of all the mind-body connection you know um, we are related it's not like your body is cut off at the neck and, and you know it's an isolated thing our emotions, like we talked about earlier, are, are affect our body, and um, so we have to we have to deal with our stress. We have to deal with our emotions, and it doesn't have to be emotions just about um, the pregnancy. It can be, you know, what's happening at work. It can be, you know, I have a really difficult relationship with my mom, 
And so I'm really scared I'm gonna end up being just like that. Or how do I, how do I come to terms? How do I be as good a mom as my mom was when I'm working a full-time job and she didn't like those things, right? So we need to deal with, with all of our emotions, work our pregnancy related or not, because they will interfere with what the body is doing. So even if we were doing everything right for the body, if my mindset is is um, is on this kind of I'm really stressed. I mean, really in this fight or flight mentality, and and my cortisol levels are are high because I'm wired because of all the stress in my life. Well, how on earth are you going to get pregnant, or or easily get pregnant when when we've got elevated levels of cortisol running through our body? Our nervous system is is locked down. Yeah. So understand from my point of view. Um, understanding the, the mindset, learning how, why it's important, learning different things and how to release it, and face those, face those fears mm -hmm. of, of what's really going on, regardless of what it is. Because like we said earlier, not only will that open you up to receiving, open up your body to receiving and, and having pregnancy, but you're also healing, from an epigenetic point of view, many generations down the road so it's just so there's it's a win-win you you know yeah. learning and dealing with your emotions is uh is is so important for so many ways yeah. on top of the, the body yeah awesome there's something i'm going to try to do it's not something that i typically do um and so i'm going to try to have continue i'm going to have you on the screen and i'm going to try to pull up this graphic that i put together um so i was just thinking well i can just minimize or i can yeah, minimize both of them if I can find my mouse. Well, and in that way, um, maybe we can just have, or maybe not. Where'd it go? Have both. Let's see. All right, give me one second. If you want to, would you want to, while I'm trying to do this, talk about uh, when we're having the mini course? Oh, yes, we are. Um, it's this Saturday, uh, June 3rd. It is, um, because I'm in Eastern time, so it's uh, noon to my time, which is 10 to 12 Mountain time, which is nine o'clock Pacific time. Did I get that right? I think Nikki? you got it right, yes. It's, uh, it's a two hour course. Um, Nikki and I are both gonna have our, our pieces to it. Um, tons and tons and tons of information. Um, it's really exciting just to help give you some information, even from a, from a starting point, if you're just thinking about getting pregnant, you're starting to plan your body or plan your family and how you want to move forward. Even if you're already on the fertility journey and you're starting to struggle, it's like these are different, you know, information that you need for your mind and your body in order to help you. So um, it's, there's a cost to it. It's, uh, it's only a $20 U.S. cost. It, mostly just so that we we know you're coming. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> just so we know you show. Just so we know you show. Um, but it's just we're really excited. There's so much information here, and we hope that uh, you want to join us. And if you if it's not you yourself, if you know somebody else who um, is is starting to think about this, please send us information. And um, yeah, awesome. so that's Saturday. So we're really close. It is. Down to the wire. Yeah. Day yeah. after tomorrow. All right. Yes, yes, so yes. that kind of worked. Um, so obviously, 
I think the whole QR code's on there. It looks like it. So um, for those of you who are watching who are who might be interested, can everybody, I'm assuming everybody can see that. Yeah. So um, anyway, so you can just, you know, take your phone, click on the QR code. We'll also, though, we'll have it, um, you know, in like the show notes. We'll have it on YouTube. We'll have it on Facebook, you know, in all of the comments and that kind of thing. So you can always, you know, find it there as well. But we wanted to have it um, up. We wanted to talk a little bit about it because, you know, something that we're really excited about. We've been we've been working on this for a while because it's something that we just love and 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 just want to want to put out into the world. So, um, yeah, I probably should have done this a little sooner, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> You know, it's the new things, the new things that I that I procrastinate on, right? <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> so anyway, um, we are, gosh, out of time. So how do people find you? The easiest place to find me is just, um, it's through my website. It's uh, patricialifecoach.com. Um, so that's the best way to, to reach me. Um, I do offer uh, just a free consultation. So if anybody has questions or not sure what they're looking for or how this works, there's a calendar on my website and uh, just set in a time there. I'd love to chat with you and we'll just go from there. Uh, you can also email me at info at patricialifecoach.com and um, yeah, those are the best ways to reach me. Cool, perfect. Um, so, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us and all of your amazing insight. There's, you know, we all have, um, we all have junk. We all have junk to work on, right? So yeah. it's, 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 it's helpful to have people who are out there who are working their tails off to bring goodness to the world. So thank you for, for what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you for having me, Nikki. This is such a great topic and I really loved uh, chatting with you about this and it's just so important for people to know this. So thank you. It's been lots of fun. It's been a pleasure to be here. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Um, so of course you can find me, Taste Life Nutrition, everywhere. So the website, the social media is all Taste Life Nutrition. Uh, you can go to the website. You can fill out a free assessment where I will reach out to you personally and we'll chat about it and figure out if there's something that I can do to help if you want to reach out. Uh, if you have questions about the mini course coming up this weekend, uh, then you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Patricia. All of her information is and will be in the, the show notes and in the Facebook comments and all that stuff, so she's easy to reach out to. Um, and then, uh, of course, my, my heart, Soulful Conception, uh, Preconception, planning for a healthy body, a healthy baby, and a healthy pregnancy. Um, that is roaring along and we're super excited about that so if you have questions if you are uh, again looking for uh, if, you're, if you're in that place where you're trying to get pregnant and this you know you, you want to dig in and really learn and, and figure out what's the best way to support your body your your partner's body uh, and then your baby and then generations um, this is a this is a this is a good start so anyway uh, thank you for joining us we'll see you next week uh, 11 a.m. mountain time uh, join us 10 a.m. What did I, I said 11. It's 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I'm looking at the clock and it says 11 o'clock. Anyway, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Thanks again, Patricia. We'll talk to Thank you, you, I don't know, tomorrow, if not Saturday for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. See you later. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.